I'm usually not one to, um, I plan ahead. I always plan ahead what I'm going to teach. And it just seemed like um, the Lord is dealing with me in a different way this year. Um, tonight, I, I want to, I'm still on this thing about peace, but tonight I want to deal with, I want to talk about, yeah, you can put it up there. Uh, I want to talk about renewing my mind in a pandemic. Renewing my mind. Amen. We, we often um, struggle with our thoughts. I mean, struggle with your thoughts sometimes. Uh, it's amazing how powerful the mind is. It's amazing how you could put yourself in a, in a mood uh, simply because your mind is not where it's supposed to be. The Bible is very clear. The Bible talks to us about the renewing of our minds. I know you've heard it, but I go back to that one word when I share with you about practical, right? Um, listen, what you fill your mind with, can affect the way you live. So I'm going to give you some nuggets. This is just from years of teaching this stuff. Okay? Um, but we're going to get into scriptures. And I hope that I can give you the formula tonight, hopefully tonight, on how to renew your mind. Uh, I promise you, even if I get a tickle in my throat, I'm thinking, man, <laughs> am I all right? <laughs> yeah. I start working. The mind is a powerful thing, ain't it? And that's why I'm saying renewing your mind in a pandemic because this pandemic can cause you to kind of like have a little panic. <laughs> have a little bit of, you know, unrest. God does not desire us to present uh, dead animal sacrifice as he did in the Old Testament. But if you go to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, we'll start in Romans chapter 12. Uh, thank you those watching on YouTube, Facebook, um, those of you who have joined our virtual audience on Zoom, uh, thank you so much. Um, but he desires us to be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Um, let's look at it. Romans chapter 1. And, and we know what the therefore is there for, right? Hmm. What does that make us do? It makes us go back, right? Paul is speaking to the church in Rome. And this was a mixed church. This church was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. And they had been converted over to Christianity, but they were struggling with a few things. First, if you back all the way up to Romans 7, right? You don't have to go there. But Romans 7, Paul was talking to them about, you know, he struggled with some things in his own flesh. As a believer, he was saying, listen, I am struggling. I want to do right, <clears throat> but... Mm, my flesh. Anybody been there? Like you want to do right, <clears throat> but yet, you know, you, you struggle in your flesh. 
And then he talks about, in chapter 11, he talks about Israel is Israel's included in God's plan. Get all the way down to chapter 11. And if you look at verses, um, if you look at verses 28 of chapter 11, he says, from the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. He's talking about the Jews. <clears throat> he says, for the gifts and the calling of God is what, are what? Irrevocable. In other words, when God has called us, what, what God has done for us, it's irrevocable. You can't take, you can't take it back. It's done. You and I have to decide what type of life we want to live. Okay? I believe a lot of us are affected by the way we think. All right? Some of us have a fixed mindset. Some of us have a closed mindset, which I've talked about stuff like that. And, and even when you hear the definition, a fixed mindset means that, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're locked in. But you're open. Closed mindset, amen, says, hey, I'm not, uh, this is it. I'm not open to any new ideas or none of that kind of stuff. Paul goes on to say, for just as you once were disobedient to God, but now have been shown mercy because of their disobedience. So these also now have been disobedient that because of the mercy shown to you, they also may now be shown mercy. For God has shut up all in, all in disobedience so that he may show mercy to all. That word mercy keeps repeating itself so it shows us that what the Jews rejected, we received. In other words, had the Jews not reject Christ, you and I would not have been given the opportunity to be saved today. That's, that's great news. I, oh, I wish I had a few people that understand what I'm talking about. That's great news. In other words, can you imagine like what one person rejected? You come along and you grab up what they rejected. And we benefit from the fact that when we were shown mercy because of their neglect and their rejection of Christ. Are you with me? He says, look what he says. He says in verse 33, all oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable is his judgment, how unfathomable his ways, for who has known the mind of the Lord? There it is. Or who has become his counselor? Or who has, or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? What Paul is saying is that really there's nothing we can really give God. But he says, who knows God's mind? All right, the Bible declares as a believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm talking about renewing your mind, but check this out. One of the things that you have to develop is the mind of Christ. Having thoughts like Christ, because you and I have the capacity to think godly thoughts. Now, in Romans, Paul says that Early on, he says, I believe it's around, I think it's 10. I believe he says that the noetic effect of sin means that 
None of us were righteous. None of us knew God. None of us wanted to know God. But the mercy of God showed up. And when Christ died and we accepted him, he gave us his mind. Is this making sense? See, here's the thing. As a believer, listen, a lot of times, a lot of believers think that it's the devil. It's the circumstance that I'm going through. It's the, it's the stuff that I'm dealing with. It's somebody else's fault. But can I tell you something? 92% of the time, it's your mind. It's what you're thinking. And I'll show you here in a minute. Watch this. Watch this. He says, or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him? For from him and through him and to him are what? All things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now we get to verse chapter 12, verse 1. He says, now therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the what? Now, remember the mercy that he talked about earlier? What was that mercy? The mercy, the fact that the Jews rejected Christ and we have been given and granted the ability to be saved, y'all. The greatest thing that has ever happened to you is when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. He says, so now, because of the mercies, by the mercy of God, he says to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Now, whenever you hear the word holy, whenever you hear the word sacrifice, all right, you got to understand that the word holy just simply means, you ready? Uh, right living. So stop trying to be super spiritual, super holy. As long as you're in this body, <laughs> you're going to mess up. We are going to mess up. But you have to make sure that you make, make up in your mind as a believer in your mind that you're going to present yourself to God each and every time as a sacrifice. What is a, what is a sacrifice? Something that is brought to God that satisfies, amen, his righteous judgment, a payment. And, and, to, and to say now, oh man, I'm in Sunday's message. When you come into God's presence, you should come here with an anticipation that I am bringing myself before God tonight as a sacrifice acceptable to you. God, what am I here to do? You're not just here to listen to the sermon and go down and check this. Okay, he was on time. He preached good. It was expository. It was this. And you're going down your checklist. No, 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 no. He says this worship setting is about you and God. You cannot come into worship with an empty mind. Are you with me? Your mind must be engaged. Your heart must be engaged into what God is trying to say to you tonight. Do I have a witness? Watch the text now. The text says that you may present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your what? 
spiritual service of worship. Of worship. In other words, God is saying when you come into my presence, you can bring two types of worship. <laughs> you bring service and you bring worship. You can bring a dead sacrifice. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, I'm going through so much today. It was a tough day at work. I'm tired. People just, mess, people just made me mad all day. I'm just all upset. And God says, listen, are you, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Come on now. I, I, have I not been real good to you? I mean, come on, somebody. Listen, can, can you not give me something a little bit more than what you gave the nine to five today? Come on, somebody. He said, can you give me something tonight? Can you give me some worship tonight from a living person? Remember I talked about this uh, Sunday about how the people of God have become so lax in their worship to God that they would bring their, their defiled offerings and their defiled animals to God. And God says, you won't even give that to your governor. What I'm trying to say to you, saints, is that we have to approach worship. We have to approach church. We have to approach our spiritual life this year with a different mindset. And you and I have to learn that we got to renew this mind. We have to, and I'm going to get into those scriptures about taking the thought captive, about understanding how to do that. Amen. I woke up last night in the middle of the night, and the, and, and the first thing on my mind came a, a thought. I'm like, I did, I did it like that. I shook it off. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. See, see, the enemy knows that if he gets your mind... He can get your body. He can, he, can, he can move you in a direction where your mind is heading you, is taking you. Do I have anybody? The mind's a powerful thing, but watch this. He says, he says, he says, it's acceptable. And look at verse two. I believe that the problem that we have today is that we are in competition with two worlds. So while we're in church, we come into the kingdom, and, but we have to realize that the world should not have that much influence on us, but it does. Here's the first thing I want you to pay attention to. You ready? What your radio is set on in your car. That's the first thing I want you to pay attention to. And those of you who don't have radios... Look at your history on YouTube, on Apple Music, on Spotify, or on Pandora. Pay attention to what you're intaking. All right, now watch what he says. He says, do not be conform to this world. Now, here's the thing you have to understand about this world. The God of this world is Satan. Right there. He's the God of this world. Number two, the world is under a curse. In other words, the world is fallen. So even if we try to go green, we're not going to save nothing. Because it's still under the curse from Genesis. 
When Adam and Eve made the decision to sin, that's what happened. The earth is under a curse. That's why nothing lasts. Oh, come on, help me somebody. Do, do you remember when you bought your first car? <laughs> Some of you wish you still had it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just saying, do you remember when you bought your brand new computer or you, you bought brand new clothes and, come on, you bought brand new stuff and you liked that certain time and all of a sudden it just, it, the reason it, it, it breaks, the reason why it fades away is because we live in a fallen world. Here's the thing. And what the enemy tries to do is to get you and I to fit into his system of thinking. Right? Here's the thing. <clears throat> he says, do not be let me, let, me, let me break it down. Let me break it down. Y'all want me to break it down? Let me break it down. I'm teaching tonight, okay? Watch it. Let me break this thing. Let me break this word down for you. I got to break this word down. The word here <clears throat> for the word conform, okay? The word there in the Greek, the word means schemazo, all right? The word means schemazo. And, and you say, well, what does that mean, Pastor? The word means to fashion something, to mold something, to shape something, to be molded by. May I ask you a question? Who's molding you? Write this down. Stage of truth. <clears throat> Your stage of truth is the reason why you think the way you do. Your stage of truth. What you believe to be true or what you believe to be false. No, Pastor, I don't, I don't believe that, Pastor. I, don't. I have people say, you, you lying. You ain't telling the truth. You know what I mean? You, you have people, you, people say, you know, you tell them something and they're like, no, you lying. You ain't telling. Not me. I'm just saying, like, people, when you're talking, right, they say, no, that ain't true. But how do you know it ain't true? The reason why you made the assessment that it wasn't true is because of your stage of truth. And I'll tell you what's on that stage. You ready? Tradition. Emotion. Experience, belief, and scripture. Okay? On your stage of truth, tradition, emotion, experience, belief, and scripture. Theologically, the word is epistemology. And epistemology is the study of truth. Imagine this. Imagine living your whole life, but you're living a lie. Because of what you were taught. Because of what you really believe. 
Right? Some of you still believe when you see the black cat come around your car. Some of you still believe that stuff. Some of you still got John the Conqueror root in your pocket and you go play the lottery. Somebody don't know what that is, but somebody who's watching knows what I'm talking about. Amen. See, your stage of truth sets the action for your living and your thinking. That's why it's so hard to convince certain people of certain things. Because their stage of truth is so locked in in their belief system that they will not believe anything other. It, takes, it would take an act of God. But tell your neighbor, you got to renew your mind. Got to renew your mind. Because we're locked in between the spiritual and the physical. So, so the word here for, for conform, he says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, stop looking like the world. Stop fashioning yourself like the world. Now, 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 I have to tell you, it's, it's harder today than it was prior, in prior generations. Because people are thinking like, the, the thinking today is like this. Well, if I wear certain clothes or if I do certain things, or if I, if I act a certain way, that, that doesn't make me saved anymore. But that's not true. Listen, if you're going to wear, if you're going to dress, I'm just using this as an example, right? Do it in moderation. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, if you could still be fly. You know what I'm saying? You 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 can still drop it. You know what I mean? Look good. I'm talking about I'm talking about today's generation. All right, you could still do it without making yourself look like the world, fashioning yourself like the world. I'm not saying every T-shirt you got got to say God is good. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know you know. I, but what I am saying. Is that here's what I found out about, about, about change. I didn't change the way I dressed until my heart changed. <laughs> you, 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 until I started to be conformed to the image of Christ. Woo, and not be conformed, not being fashioned like the world. You see what I'm saying? Here's the thing. The world will try to convince you that, man, you're doing something wrong. But Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. Stop being molded by external and fleeting fashions. That's what he's saying. If you're going to glorify God, you can still glorify God. Amen. But make, make, it, make it be the hidden person of the heart, which is precious in the sight of God. See, here's the thing. We can, we can front. But he says, no, I want you to, I want you to, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to conform to this world, but be what? Be transformed. So don't let the world fashion you, fashion you. 
Don't let the world mold you. Don't let the world dictate what you wear. Got me? I wonder why. I wonder why Paul was so interested in that word. He says, because you're a living sacrifice. Because when you come into worship, I shouldn't be looking at you. I should be looking at Christ. Because your worship is to him, not to me. See? See? He says, he says, he says, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now, this word transform is where you get the words metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. It is the changing from one form to another. I'm trying to help somebody here tonight. Here's the thing. When you renew your mind, that's when you begin to change. Listen, when I made up in my mind that I wasn't going to certain places, my attitude changed. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to be clean tonight. Amen. When I decided in my mind that I wasn't going to put up with certain things in my mind, my life changed. Because I was no longer being conformed by what I was being exposed to. And I made up my mind when I woke up every day that I was going to renew it. I'm, gonna renew, I'm not going to think like yesterday. Yesterday's thoughts is gone. I, I can't deal with that right now. I can't. Whatever happens to me today, I'm not going to let it affect me, but I'm not, I'm not going to let it change me. Somebody here today, I want to tell you something. Every time a thought comes through your mind, it changes you. That's why you think you bipolar. Yeah. You ain't bipolar. You're a child of God. You've been bought with a price. You have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, living in you, and you have the word of God, and you have worship, and you have all these things. But watch this. The word metamorphosis, it's almost like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And you and I have to go through the process before we can have a metamorphosis. And the only way to metamorphosize is if you and I are renewing the mind. See? Watch this, watch this, watch this. It, it is used. It involves, you know what it involves? You know what it involves? Metamorphosis. When he says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed Metamorphosis by the what? By the renewing of your mind. Every time you renew your mind, watch this, it involves a miracle. It's a miracle. I see so many Christians who've been Christians a long time, but they haven't experienced the miracle of a renewed mind. Come on, somebody. And I want to say to you today, you can change your mind tonight. You can really experience the miracle of metamorphosis tonight if you make up in your mind that you are going to embrace what God is trying to teach you tonight. Lord, I need a new mind. Can I tell you something? You ever had this feeling? You ever had this feeling? Let me, let me, let me, let me get into somebody's street right quick. 
You ever wake up thinking, man, I got to do this again. Man, I got to do this again. This, this, you got all these feelings about stuff, <laughs> about life. Like you feel stuck in the same place and you feel stuck doing the same thing. And you, you know, what I'm you, ever, you ever wake up, you ever wake up and those are the thoughts that's like bombarding your mind? Huh? That ever happened to you? That ever happened to you? How do you get out of that? <laughs> Some of you just ignore that, that voice, right? But what you have to do is you have to understand that Satan already knows that you are not going to exercise metamorphosis. So he keeps playing on that. I was like, Lord, why you got me teaching on the mind? He said, because you've been waking up lately just been thinking crazy. And it just keeps bothering you. And you're like, it's stuff I can't change. It's bills I have. It's things I got coming up. It's this and it's that and the third. And God is saying, listen, listen, whoa, slow it down. I'm not saying that God is a genie and he's just going to take care of your problems because you're thinking differently. But what I am saying is if you put more emphasis on your problems rather than the problem fixer, guess what? You will never see God work it out for you. And that's the reason why many of us struggle and we're still struggling in this life is because we're not changing the way we think about a circumstance. This word, this word involves a miracle. Watch this. The miracle of transformation. How many want to be transformed this year? I don't want to be the same. I want to be transformed, God. And listen, you coming to church doesn't transform you. It's what you think when you leave. No, I'm not going to let that. You know, one of the things, one of the things that blessed me was when, when we had the, uh, when we went through the stuff at the park, and, and one of my members said to me, Pastor, didn't you just say forgive and forget? And immediately my mind said, oh, yep, I did. See, it's those types of reminders, that's how you exercise these principles. Whatever you hear in church, you write it down, and then when you encounter the issue, guess what you do? Oh, pastor said what? Forgive. And what? Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. It involves transformation from an earthly form. Ready? Into a supernatural form. From an earthly form to a what? Super. In other words, he's saying, if you do not conform to the world, but transform by the renewing of your mind. Of your what? Of your mind. Listen. You know what the word renewal means? Rebirth. <laughs> That's that Greek word. Rebirth. In other words, I've been born.
bought with a price. I've been given a new heart. I've been given a new mind. So therefore, what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep renewing this thing. I'm going to keep, it means rebirth. But you ready for this word? Part of this word? It means, you ready? I'm going to help somebody with something. It means renovation. And some of you have been under construction too long. Oh, I'm under construction. God's still working on me. No, you're using that as an excuse not to do what's right. I'm just saying, like, God, it means to renovate. When you're renovating something, it means it's been there a while and now it's time for renewal. He says, he says, he says, by the renewing of your mind, right? So that you may prove. Prove what? Prove what? His thing. How many here tonight want to know your purpose? Huh? The only way to know your purpose is if you renew your mind. Renovate. Rebirth. Watch this. Watch this. To know the will of God is the greatest thing that you can achieve on planet earth. Why? Because God is not revealing his will to everyone. But oh, to know the will of God. Oh, y'all ain't trying to hear me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me what? Besides still waters. He restored my soul. He lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the. I shall not want. For the Lord is what? To know the will of God is to know that no matter what you're facing, that you are sure that the Lord is your shepherd. I'm sure of this. Here's the thing you need to know. And, and, and I want to break this down. Ready? This is something I'm going to break down for you. Most of us think that when things happen to us, we are to respond naturally. Okay? Naturally. This is what stuff happened to me naturally. Here's what happens when something happens to you. Ready? First of all, there's the event that happens. All right? First is someone steps on your shoes, the event. Then comes your belief system, your stage of truth. For instance, your belief system is being kind and straightforward is the most effective way to get the individual off my foot. Right? Or... I need to understand this individual better so talking things out is the best approach. Right? Or 
confrontation is never a good option, but this fool needs to get off my feet. See, that's your belief system. And lastly, I call it ABC. First thing is what? The event. I call it the activating event that, that messes with this. Okay? Number two, it's the what? The belief system, my stage of truth. What do I believe about what's happening right now? And lastly, C is your reaction. Your what? Your reaction. My reaction. If I'm not, if I'm conformed to the world, it's going to be some, be some stuff happening. But, but if I'm being conformed to the image of Christ and if I'm, if I'm renewing my mind, watch this, my belief system and my mind, I will not allow the event to disrupt my peace. I'm trying to help you tonight. I'm trying to help you tonight. And can I tell you something? I got a few minutes. The enemy... I got some more scriptures on the mind, but I just, I'm, I said I was going to give you this, right? I, was, I gave you the stage of truth. I kind of gave you a stage of truth. What's on the stage of truth? Tell me what's on the stage of truth. Tradition? Uh-huh. Right. And maybe next week I'll break down those for you to show you what it means to renew your mind. And understand where you are as your stage of truth. Some of us are very emotional. Some of us are very hard. Some of us have no rationale. Stage of truth. You got that from your tradition. You got that from your family. <laughs> tradition. But the only way you can make it with a mind of Christ is with scripture. All right? Watch, watch this, watch this. Let, let, me, let me lay this on you right quick. I ain't got enough time, but let me just lay this. Here's the reason why many of us as Christians, we know that there's only one belief system, and that's truth, okay? And all other belief systems are lies, so here's the power of the enemy. The power of the enemy is in the lie that we believe. The power of the enemy over your life is in the lie. Satan doesn't have to do anything. He's not omnipresent. But on your stage of truth, you have to dissect it and see what's truth and what's lies. So the power of the enemy over our lives lies in the lies that he tells. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You're not going to make it. And isn't it interesting how we replay those lies over rather than replaying the the affirmations that we get from God, 
the, the, all the good stuff we hear from God, but yet we gravitate right back to the lies. The power of the lies can paralyze you, but the only way to be released from the lies is by the renewing of your mind. Because you have the power now to experience the miracle that comes with not being conformed to this world so that when you understand the will of God over the lies of the enemy, come on somebody, you can stand victoriously over everything that you're facing right now in your life. Let, let me let me let me show you something. Man, I'm out of time. But let me show you something. Go to Philippians chapter four. Now I didn't finish, but I'll finish that next week. Bible study is it happens fast, doesn't it? Philippians chapter four. I want you to look at verse eight. Um, is that right? Oh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 yeah. finally brethren whatever is what can I ask you a question tonight do you know the difference between the truth and a lie Do you know the difference between a wolf in sheep's clothing and the real deal? Can you discern a counterfeit? Do you know what a fraud looks like? Don't be so quick to answer because some of us are deceived and being deceived by these people. And that's the thing about a lie. You ever notice a lie can spread faster than the truth? How many, how many things that you've tried to do in your life, people say, no, don't do that, because, you know, when I went there, they didn't do this for me, and this, this didn't happen, that and third, and, this, and you know, they, no, you're going to need insurance, and you're going to need this, and you're going to need that. They ain't going to, you know, because you ain't qualified, and you ain't this, and you ain't that, no. And, and by the time they done talk, you're like, man, shoot, I ain't doing that. Only to walk through those doors, and those doors open wide open for you. And you walked in the favor of God and you walked in the blessings of God because you didn't believe a lie. And what I want you to do this week is I want you to start renewing the mind. Renewing it. Okay, 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 Pastor. Okay, I'm. You got to know the difference between issues that you're dealing with and thoughts that keep running through your mind. Stuff that you need to take care of, that's stuff you need to take care of. Now, stop thinking about yesterday's stuff and start thinking about the future. Listen, I'm not saying that every day is going to be so super for you. 
But listen, when you have a relaxed, listen, write this down, Sola. Write this down. Man, gosh, dog it. Relaxed mental attitude. Write that down. A relaxed mental attitude. Are you with me? And I'll explain the characteristics of a believer's mental attitude next week, okay? But I'll leave you with this. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, I want you to circle, if you have a Bible, the whatevers. Okay? Whatever is what? Whatever is what? Whatever is what? Whatever is... Whatever is... Whatever is good reputation. That's what that means. Good reputation. Okay? If there's any excellence in anything worthy of praise, he says what? Okay. Your assignment this week. Okay? So that when you come back here Sunday, hopefully online or wherever you're, you're going to have a smile on your face. You're going to dwell on things that are true, that are pure, that are right, that are honorable, that are lovely, that are of good repute. Now, if you can't find anything in your life or around you, then that means your eye is dark. So your whole body is going to be dark. The eyes are the windows to the soul. So this week, we're going to dwell. Somebody come with you some nonsense, you'll be like, okay, I ain't dwelling on that. And I want you to say in your mind, don't be rebuking them stuff. Just say, that ain't true. All right, next week we'll talk about the lies of Satan. And we're going to talk about how he wants us to dwell on those things that are not true. Give God a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God.